The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hi, friends. I'm Olivia. And I'm Katie. And we are Podcast by Proxy. Welcome. Killed it. Check one, two, one, two. Oh my god. We probably did kill it. Have oh. they tried? Good thing we had a backup going Ooh. because I was not recording our Zoom. Oh my goodness. And that intro was gold. Yeah, good thing you got one then. <laughs> okay, so before we get into the case, because I feel like we're getting a lot better at just getting to it, obviously, starting. rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Instagram. Where can they follow us? At podcast by proxy. And you can find a That's link in our bio there. You can do case submissions if you want to sign the petition from the last case that Olivia talked about. There's a link in there as well because that petition is still active and going. I actually haven't checked the numbers lately. Have you at all? Uh, I looked today just because I was mucking around in our link tree. I actually had to fix the link because I think the original link that I sent you when you first posted it was they had a petition up in 2014 as well. Oh, I had to to fix it. I had to go and find another link because the one you sent me also didn't work. So it seems like they keep changing it. But either way, we'll keep an eye on it and we'll update it as we can. So you guys can always sign that because it's very, very important. Important. Yeah, I was going to say... It, I looked today just to make sure it was still working. It is. It was around seventy one thousand, and Ooh. then the goal right now is seventy five. And then in the body of it, there was an update from the organizer that just said that they're they've exceeded the the amount of support that they thought they were going to get, and they're going to try for a hundred thousand because they have until May whatever it is to yeah. submit anything. But I did want to say because I always listen to the episodes. And I wanted to clarify, nobody actually brought this up, but if I was listening, I would have brought oh, it up with correction. Me. I think I just misspoke, but I said we've, like, in Canada, we've never had the death penalty. I'm very aware that there has been capital punishment in Canada up until, was it like 55 years ago? I think it was 1967. Is that when the death penalty was abolished? Anyways, I just wanted to say that I'm aware that Canada has a capital punishment history. I just misspoke. I meant, like, we haven't had it in a long time. And I wanted to correct myself because I was listening and I was like, you're such an idiot. I think you also were referencing since you've been in, like, the industry, so to speak, given that you went to school. And since you've been alive. I think it was in context of in relation to you when you were talking, too. So I think people understood. It was. It was totally just a misspeak, but I still heard it, and I was like, ugh, why are you like this? Oh, So I wanted to clarify that, but otherwise, that's about it. Oh, I've made plenty of mistakes, and I've just decided to not clarify them, for the most part. There'd be too many. I'm sure I have, too. Just that one really bugged me, because it was like, If I've made a mistake that, like, directly changes the case, 
I will correct it. Put it that way. I shouldn't say I'll never correct it, but... You know, if I said the province wrong or I mispronounced, I'm not going to correct it. <laughs> We're not sorry. No. <laughs> this time I am sorry, though, so that's my correction. And that's really all the um, stuff that I had. I've been trying to write down. I don't know if this is the same for you, but now that we've done this a few times during the day, I'll just get, like, random thoughts. And I'll be like, oh, I want to mention that, or oh, I want to talk about that, but then my fucking short-term memory loss that we talked about a few episodes ago kicks in, and I don't remember shit once you hit record. So I've been trying to write it down so that I, like, can give the updates that I want to give. Put it in the parking lot. We'll come back to it. Let's table that for a later conversation. But that's the only parking lot item that I had. I don't know if you have anything other. We can just bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. No, I think we are good to go. I'm just trying to think if there was any housekeeping. I don't know if anybody has heard. I don't know what Instagram page it was. It was definitely one that we follow. Do you know what the spooky, scary skeleton song is? (laughs) No. If I could play it on here. But it sounds like the adult version of Baby Shark. It's basically the adult version of Halloween Baby Shark. But I love it so much, and I've listened to it on repeat. You can sing it. That's allowed. (laughs) No. Damn it. I tried, guys. I really tried for you. (laughs) You tried, but no. I do have something, though, and I'm sure that you've seen this as well, but there has been, and I'm not implying that there's any connection before anyone starts and jumps on this train, but there has been an unusual amount of women going missing lately around us. Specifically, there's a woman missing. Her name is Trina Hunt. She's from Port Moody, and she's been missing for quite some time. There's also another young mother of two little boys that's gone missing, and she hasn't been heard from. So just keep an eye out. Keep, like, an ear to the ground, because this is happening around us, or at least around Olivia and I. And, you know, we just got to kind of watch out for ourselves and watch out for others. I'm not saying foul play is involved either, but there's been a lot of, what are they called? Like small avalanches, people getting lost on mountains, hiking trails. There's just been a lot lately of people locally getting injured or dying. Imagine getting caught in an avalanche, though. No. I'm going to put that on one of my... Top fears? I don't know if it's a... I don't know if it's a worst fear, but it's going on, like, my top horrific scenarios list. Yeah. I'm not certain that it's a fear, per se, but it's one of those things that makes me, like, cringe to my very core thinking about happening to me. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into this case. Yoink. Okay. Yeah. I'm ready. You really kept this a secret from me, so I'm really, I'm I'm ready. I'm excited. You said there might be a TV show involved. I said there's, yeah, there's a... I mean, I said loose connection. I'm going to say it's a lot tighter than I said, but I felt like that might give it away. True. We were on Instagram live, True. so that makes sense. There's a hair stuck to my glasses that's, it. like, tickling my nose, and it's killing me. The spooky, scary skeleton song stuck in my head, so you're just going to have to watch me dance this whole ass hour. Yeah, we should um, Google if there's, like, a certain amount. Actually, I think there's a website you can look up how long you can play of a song before you have to pay pay royalties on it. And because it's not a popular song, I bet it's not much. So we could probably... I could play a really split second, just Spotify through the microphone, because I want to. Are you ready? Will we get sued? I don't know. Let's try it. We can put it in as a reference. Sure. (laughs) We'll put it in the show notes as a source. Are you ready? 
That's pretty much the gist. Okay. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I could see why it's stuck in your head for sure. Well, I played it for an hour at the gym. Anything will get stuck in your head. Oh, that's a pretty good pump up song for the gym. (laughs) Yeah. Like the. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to not actually tell you too much about like victim or the person who committed the crime's name because the story to this one's really interesting and kind of how it unfolds is a little bit out of order in a sense. So I just want to do it this way so that you can get the full picture of kind of how the city of Edmonton was understanding all this and experiencing it as well, because that is where we are taking place today. Yes. Y'all can hear my detective book. Oh, heck yeah. He's giving me a face. Because <laughs> there's so... I'm ready. This one's just so weird. So weird. I'm in such a good mood today. It's a really good recording day. Yeah, Less I had a shower. Than usual. So I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> Clean. We also both put makeup on for this. Yeah. What? Anyway. What is makeup? On on October 3rd, 2008 in Edmonton, Gilles Tetro, a man had just dipped his toe back into the pool of online dating and he was going out on his very first date with a woman that he had met online on Plenty of Fish. Her name oh, was boy. Sheena. He spoke very highly of her, said they clicked. She gave him directions after speaking a while to her home so that he could pick her up for their first date. So he gets there and red flag number one, the directions are to go into the garage, which will be partially open, but don't worry, the neighbors won't think you're a thief. Go through the garage, proceed towards the house, Again, thought it was odd, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, you're a man, though. Like, what were you really thinking with at this moment a little bit? So maybe the red flags weren't, like, such a red flag to him. Just thinking with the wrong head there, maybe. Did she give an address? No. And that will, that is something we will talk about. Yeah, there was no physical address given at this point. They're just very detailed directions. Um, about how to get to this home, and then once you get to the home, how to proceed from there. Yeah. Okay. That's like a... That's a... Uh-huh. That's an extreme form of red. I was It's a fluorescent red flag. I don't know uh-huh. what... I don't know. Bull red. That's mm-hmm. like a red flag that's 10 feet by 10 feet wide in a windstorm, and it's hitting you. But, like, y'all know most of us are just going to let it hit us. and Yeah, yeah probably. Love them. At we're least once. We're a big fan. Suddenly, <laughs> out of nowhere, a tall man in a hockey mask appears and pulls a gun on him, and they begin to fight. A hockey mask? That's so Canadian. Well, and it was a modified hockey mask, too, so we'll get to the aesthetic of it in a bit. Oh, God. That yeah. sounds like a horror. This sounds like a horror movie. Funny you should say that. So, hold on. Oh, right. <laughs> So, by this point, Gilles' mouth has been taped shut. He has a piece of duct tape over his mouth, and the fight has broken out further and further. At this point, the attacker has fought him to the ground. He manages to get the tape off of his mouth, because in his head, he's thinking, if I'm going to die, like, I'm going to die my own way. Kind of screw this guy. So, he musters up, like, every ounce of strength he has, and he manages to kind of roll out under the garage door so he's going to get away but just before he got out the door while they were fighting he had been tased so when he actually gets outside the garage and goes to get up his legs don't work 
Yeah. Yeah. So it, oh, that just like terrifies me. Side note, you know, if I ever have children, I don't even know if I want an epidural because the idea of being numb from the waist down scares me so much. That is just like a weird phobia of mine. Oh. I don't like the idea of being I was, numb. I was just thinking, you know, everybody that's listening to this right now is if you're single and you've been trying to like online date during the pandemic and you've been like, you know, Tinder's the worst. Maybe I should delete the app. But like you've been holding on because it's just for the boredom. As soon as you heard the beginning of that story, you were like, delete, delete yeah, app. Yesterday. Every online dating app was just gone. Bye-bye. This is why we don't go on first dates. Okay. True. And why you don't go to people's houses. Well, that that's like, a huge rule for me. It's a guy though. So I think the rules are a little different in what they're comfortable with with so yeah anyway let's get back to this because again it's a pretty long story so anyway he so yeah none of his lower extremities are working the attacker is now outside the garage with him because he's fumbling to try to get back up he starts to drag him back into the garage and that's when a young couple walks up and Gilles starts screaming like he's robbing me he tries to think of the best thing to get help just like how they say if no matter what happens try to yell fire because no one ignores fire it's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, people turn a blind eye to a lot. People will not turn a blind eye to fire typically. It will at least get the attention of multiple people. Anyway, so he says he's getting robbed, he's being attacked, and to help him, the couple kind of hesitates. The guy goes to help him, and the woman's kind of like, no, 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 like, what if he's trying to be part of a bigger plan and they're going to get both of us? Because she thinks once her boyfriend gets attacked if that's the scenario she's not gonna be able to do anything when there's two men she just can't because we're women and we binge true crime and we don't trust anyone that's why true that's she probably was listening to crime junkie or something yeah it does come back to bite her a little bit though there's a little bit of guilt later for something else so we'll see okay but yeah we'll get there but i had the same feeling i was like you're not no 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 yeah. So the couple hesitates. I Again, mean, those, guy goes yeah. to help him. Girl's like, nope, stop, don't. So he doesn't, steps back. And at that point, he changes his plea to these people. And he's like, just help me get to my truck. I just need to get in my truck. He's just trying to get out of there or at least be able to get in somewhere and lock it. They end up saying this is not right. It's ultimately not a good idea to go near them. They see that this attacker could potentially have a weapon because remember, he did have a gun. So at the same time, we don't know if they saw the gun as well and fled, but they did go straight home and called authorities. But of course, by the time the authorities got there, there was no one there. So he ends up getting to his truck, though, because with this whole kerfuffle that happened, the attacker gets spooked. He just, he runs back into the garage. He takes off, shuts the garage. Gilles takes off in his truck because he doesn't back to know anything. Back murder lair. Yeah. And so when the police get there, it's just an empty street with a closed garage. There's nothing to see. They don't know anyone's names. There was nothing to go on. So they just kind of took the report and put it on file and moved on. Two days later, dos. Yes. That doesn't sound good. No. (sighs) I feel bad for this guy. It's never good. It's never good on this podcast. There's never a good outcome. No, not at all. It ends with rainbows. Not at all. Unicorns. There's no sprinkles. No. And so John Altinger drove his red Mazda hatchback to the same garage, obviously thinking the exact same thing. He's going to meet a nice woman he met online on Plenty of Fish, and he is going to 
potentially meet the woman of his dreams. They've clicked. He's really excited about this. He's told his friends about her, everything, because he's super duper close with all his friends. So they all know about her. It's this lovely woman named Jen. And yeah. John is... Su- is it though? No, you'll see. So he, oh his friends said that he loved his motorcycle. It was his world. He liked going on long motorcycle trips with the big group of guys from his area that were all into them. He was... I kind of got contradicting information here. One said he worked on an oil field as an equipment manufacturer, and then the other one said he worked in quality control. So I decided he works in a combo. He's in quality control for oil field manufacturing equipment, if you ask me. He just made up this dude's career. Yeah, it's like Chandler's job. We don't really know what he does, but we have a gist. So yeah. Okay. Like I said, he told his friends, POF, Jen... Match made in heaven. Great. A few days passed. So, how long were they, like, POFing for? Do we know? That he's, like, telling his friends and... So, the first guy that we could get, like, who could at least go on record and give an account of what happened, it seemed like they had been talking for quite some time. But the one thing he mentioned, I mean, a couple weeks, I would say, before they planned to meet up in person. But the one thing he did say, he's, she was so forward. Like, she seemed to be the one that was like, hey, do you want to get together? Do you want to meet up? When do you want to meet? What are we doing? So it was very odd in that sense that she was the one pushing for it. She was like, come pick me up and this and that. So I think that like Gilles in general just had a little bit more like street smarts about him necessarily. And I think he had more reservations going into the scenario. So who knows? A few days pass and John, who, like I said, is normally in constant contact with his circle of friends, hasn't talked to anyone. They start to worry. And then as they all start to talk to one another, connecting the dots, they realize that no one's heard from him. And that's even more of a red flag for them. So and and also when it's when I said earlier, it was two days later. This also makes it Thanksgiving by this point when they all start to realize he's missing. So, of course, you're calling your friends, wishing them a happy Thanksgiving, especially if you're really close knit. You may even be doing something all together and he doesn't show up. Yeah. He also, in that yeah. time, misses a really, really important to him bike trip that he was supposed to go on. And like I said earlier, he doesn't, he wouldn't have missed that. That's something that he plans for weeks or months. And he is just, what is that face? I, I was yawning with my mouth closed. Oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> so he missed a bike trip that he normally would never have missed. He was then reported missing by his friends. But at the time, the police kind of hear... Okay, this 30-something-year-old guy meets this wonderful woman, and you haven't heard from him for a few days? It just sounds like your buddy's off having a good time. You know what, though? And maybe not. Maybe more so now. Maybe I shouldn't even say it. I can edit it out. I just feel I just feel like in that scenario, there would maybe be a... If that was a female, they would have looked into it more. Because, oh, my girlfriend went online dating, met some guy, and I haven't heard from... I don't know. Yeah, like, she's off the grid. I can't find her. Yeah, I think there would have been a little bit more jump, too. But that being said, I think this is always something that we comment on or everyone comments on who likes true crime is that if only the police had acted faster. So I think that it's a common trend that we hear that, well, just wait, give it 24 hours, give it 48 hours. Maybe they're a runaway, like, those stereotypes that we hear. So it's so hard to say. You do hear it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 
And like I said, he was 38 years old. Like, he's almost 40 years old. He's a single guy. He's just met a new woman he likes. They were kind of on the fence about it. And I kind of get it. I do. But I think that it's case by case. You have to listen to what the evidence from the friends are telling you. Look how constantly he's in contact. This is, like, where he was going, what he was doing. Now we don't know where he is. What's going on? So... Yeah. Yeah. So his friends were super duper annoyed with the police. So they decided to kind of like get the ball rolling on their own. They thought if they could maybe figure out something, they could give the police somewhere to start or at least get them like on track with them. They go and we all need this group. All of us because you and I are too lazy. We wouldn't do this. They literally go and (laughs) break into his house and do their own like dun, 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 dun. I have one friend that would do that, and you know who it is. Okay, yeah. It's my wife. Yeah. She'd break the fuck into my house and rip it apart if I went missing, for sure. I do think of someone. Yeah. Never mind, actually. But she's local. I also say we're too lazy because we're two hours apart. I'm not driving to your house to break (laughs) into it. I'm going to call Sandy and be like, hey, can you go break into Olivia's house? And she'd already be in there. You know it. It's true. Actually, it's funny. There's a note down here that says... Second, if I was concerned, I'd reach out to Sandy. If she's concerned, then I'm concerned. Everybody does. Everybody, every single person that knows me well enough, if they were looking for me, would ask my mom first. And if my mom was like, no, we got a huge problem. That's the barometer of concern. If if Sandy doesn't know where I am, 911 immediately. Sandy, the barometer of concern. That's what she is. Um, I love her. Okay, so his friends break into his house. Yeah, yeah. So while they're breaking into his house and being like, what the fuck? They get this email from him saying that him and Jen are going to Costa Rica to her vacation home and that he will talk to them at Christmas time. Like, love ya. Peace out. Bye. Thanksgiving till did, Christmas. Did, just gone. MIA. But did he take any of his stuff? Well, that's what we're about to talk about, but there's one other email I want to mention first. He also emailed his boss, apparently, saying that he was quitting immediately. But then when his boss replied back saying, okay, but where do you want your final check sent? There was no response. He just never replied. So another red flag. So the friends are in the house now. They've just gotten this email and they're like, we're annoyed. Fuck this. We're going in. They go in, they find John's suitcase still in the hall closet, empty, and his passport's still there. So... Even if she's this big sugar mama and she's going to replace his whole wardrobe and everything and they're going to f- jet set off, you still need a passport. Yep. Like this- and just in general, okay, you don't need a suitcase and your stuff, but you would more than likely make the quick stop at home and throw a few things. Some dudes just put stuff in a grocery bag, but like something. And this is where his friends can really fall back on the fact that he was so communicative with them all the time is they say, no, he would not do that. And the reason we know that is because he would tell one of us. He would not boast about it or gloat about it because he was like a super nice, sweet, down-to-earth guy. But he was always in contact. He would have been excited about this. He wouldn't have sent a mass message. And also, he shares his location with his friends very often, Mm -hmm. which he also did the night that he disappeared. And then stopped sharing it. Yeah, but they know exactly where he went missing from based on these instructions. Because he actually right. sent the instructions to one of his friends because they kind of looked funny 
or quoted some smart. of them. And then he ended up giving his friends all the direct his one friend all the directions and shared every detail about it. And maybe because it was odd, I don't know. But yeah. I mean, smart. And I feel like everybody should do that. Yeah. I would probably do that if I was like, oh, I'm going to meet this guy, but he didn't give me a dress. He just gave me this like clues list of I wouldn't how to go. get there. I'd be like, I need you to like, I'm going to screenshot this. And then I probably wouldn't go either. Let's be honest. But the I second just, you make it seem eek. like you are the treasure at the end of this map, I don't want you. Yeah. You're not that cool or you're going to kill me. The other thing too is like, I don't know. I feel like maybe like online dating is huge now, but it was kind of it was still a thing but it was like lesser in 2008 it was more in like its infancy really yeah yeah there really only was plenty of fish and so i'm just thinking you know okay the girl was really forward but is that really going to be a red flag for a 38 year old guy who's obviously feeling lonely and wants to meet someone on the internet like they're probably excited well, that's what i meant earlier yeah so yeah eager and keen to meet them it's almost like preying on well, and I just I mean, unless too. he is off in Costa Rica, I don't know. He might be. But he didn't take his passport, so I'm feeling a little bit weary about it. Yeah. Also, I feel like we know these red flags now because of all these stories. So I think, like you said, we have to give it some credit that these might have not seemed like such big red flags back then. No. And we don't know what it's like in the male mindset of online dating either so or what the concerns or fears are so i know we can't really speak to it but as a woman we would not be comfortable following those instructions or directions to go on a first date but it is totally different perspective we can't even really speak to it on from a male perspective because we just have different ways of going about our lives that way like Mm -hmm. out of necessity but it's just the way it is there are things that we would think of that a guy would never even consider could happen to jason and i were just talking about that how he can walk down the street at night with both headphones in and not be worried yeah like my keychain on my keys is specifically a weapon yeah they're like self-defense keys and i will hold it (laughs) between my fingers if i'm walking alone and it's dark Yep. Every time. I get in my car, I lock the doors right away. I keep my keys between my fingers when I walk in the dark. I think these are all things that men underestimate that we have to take into account for our everyday safety. We're taught this in self-defense class. This is not us being paranoid. Like, I've taken self-defense classes and they teach you to do these things. (laughs) Anyway, we're really off topic. Yeah. Anyway, John is great about sharing his location with his friends. And he did share a list of directions. And again, it was because of that. There was no physical address to either of these. And I will try to get a good picture of the instructions that were written out for them. Because there is some evidence of them. Now, I don't know if they're, like, Gilles instructions that he had written down but they look like handwritten instructions so i'm gonna try and find a good photo of them we will put those in our show notes so you can go to podcast by proxy on instagram and find that there see how good that was i wrote it into my notes (laughs) so good we're getting a lot better and i'm writing promo into my notes so while the police are thinking this middle-aged white guy just got lucky and he finds his break oh no i said or this already has friends break into his house da 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 Everything you would take for a month or two away was still there. So then his friends go back to the police and they say, look, his suitcase is at home, his passport's at home, and instantly they're like, oh, okay, we're on it. We got you. Yeah. Like, instantly they know there's a concern, there could be foul play involved, he's just gone. 
So they well the passport. That's the kicker. You You cannot. No, 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 sister. No. So John's friends actually provide the map or like the list of details on how to get to this garage to the police, and (laughs) they're like, "What is this?" Well, well, but then when they go out there, they're like, "We were just here." So now they're so now they reach out to the public and they're like, "We don't know who you are." But if you were this man, we need to talk to you. You may have very serious information that we need, and you could be, like, the missing link that we need. But they also oh. couldn't say too much. This is crazy. Yeah. So. Like, what? Yeah. So, word gets out. I mean, it's Edmonton. It's a moderately large city. But yeah. our news stations got the word out. Looks like police did their due diligence getting the information out there, trying to find the guy who matched it. So he comes forward and he says at first he was just kind of embarrassed that it all happened. And he was always looking over his shoulder like he was scared too. So yeah, he just did not really want to talk about it or anything at first because he didn't really think anyone would believe him either. And I think being a guy, his ego was in check a little bit. Like he said, he was really embarrassed about it. So yeah. I was going to say that as a dude, you're obviously, you thought that you met this awesome girl and then you got the living shit beat out of you like... He's embarrassed. Totes. I need a drink. Drink break. Drink break. I only have water. How boring. Me too. It's good. Water's good for you. Also, another thing that I was laughing at, this is just a sidebar. One of our episodes, I said, like, that we hate fitness people. I used to be one of those people. (laughs) You are still kind of one of those people, low key. Oh, yeah. I'm a closet fitspo, y'all. I work out really regularly. That's like my thing that I do for me. And I've been trying to eat really well again. I'm fasting. So my eating window is like 2 to 10. So I am like kind of in that again, but not. I eat Timbits and chips. And I I have a lot more balance in my life than I used to have. And I really appreciate that about me now. That's the key. How did this go from a drink break to you talking about how proud of yourself you are about your fitness? Shush. No, just about my balance, cause I, cause uh, cause I said water was boring, and then I said it's healthy, and then you love and water. Then I said that I fucking love water so much. It's funny that I said it's boring, cause it's all I drink. It's all she drinks. It's all. It's literally the ice coffees, other than water, and the occasional That's canned it. alcoholic mixed beverage. Doesn't have alcohol in it. I don't want it. Fair. Anyway, I don't know how this Unless got here, it's but a bubbly, I think it was just because right, I said that I. I hated fitness people, and then I, I, I am one. So this is just another testament to, like, sometimes I just say shit, and I'm just... Hey, you know what? I don't like fitness at all, but we even have some close friends that have a fitness podcast that another local group of girls that we want to, like, support and uplift because they're doing what we're doing. We're starting at the bottom. We gotta start somewhere. Yes, so if you're into fitness and you want to... I think they're both personal trainers. Yeah, I think at DIY Body. Yeah, if you guys are into that or into fitness, definitely check them out. Right. Love it. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Drink break is over. Drink break. So, they go live. They get Jill finally. He comes in and says, that's me. Definitely me. He tells his whole story. And honestly, the police just kind of sit there with their jaw hanging down because they can't believe that this is what he just went through and then to find out two Mm -hmm. days later that this is what they're being called to again or being called to this location for so now their their red flag alerts are like everywhere 
Red flag galore. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. They're like the bull charging toward the red flag at this point. Yes, yes, yes. So they start to look at the garage and they want to look at who owns the garage and the home there. So when they start looking into it, they find that the garage is actually rented by someone outside of the home. It's rented by a 29-year-old named Mark Twitchell. And he was a filmmaker from Edmonton. He was born and raised there. He graduated from the, oh god, I keep saying this wrong, the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology. So he... Yeah, Nate. Yeah, he moved to the Midwest for a bit, experienced life, and then ended up back in Edmonton to go to school because that's where he wanted to pursue becoming a filmmaker. And then once he graduated there, he managed to gain a little bit of traction as like a sci-fi movie maker because he made Star Wars Secrets of the Rebellion, it's called, and it's like a fan. Okay, but apparently... Stop remaking Star Wars independent filmmakers. Okay, but apparently there was like a moderately famous cameo in it by this guy, (laughs) and maybe this is wrong, but his name is Jeremy Bullock, and it sounds like he... I don't even know why I'm going to pretend like I know anything about Star Wars, so... He was in it. He was a character. It was one of the main characters. You guys can look it up. You probably already know who it is and are yelling through your headphones at me right now. I don't care. (laughs) Don't message me about it. I don't care. (laughs) She doesn't give a shit. (laughs) No, not at all. Don't tell her how you don't. Don't correct me. I don't even correct myself. I've already gone over this. She cares so little she did not do the research. (laughs) Well, I did the research, but then I wrote it down and I just don't want to sound like I know what I'm talking about, so... It's not important to me. And you know what? This guy had, like, this dorky license plate that said Dark Jedi on it. So you paid for a custom license plate. I don't understand custom license Um, plates. I think they're hilarious because people pay to have them. And some of them are so stupid. And I'm like, you paid money. Like, you worked and then took that money and were like, hmm, think I'm going to buy this stupid as shit thing to put on my car. I like when they're funny, though. Like, I agree. Like, when... I do. So dumb that it's like, are you... You paid for this with your money. There's a smart car in Victoria, and their license plate says AA battery on it. And I just think that's hilarious. (laughs) Or, like, when people are, like, plastic surgeons, and it's, like, Dr. Boob on their driver's... Or on their license plate. I'm like, yeah, if you have the money to be that kind of asshole be that kind of asshole but be funny about it yeah some of them are worth it but other ones i'm like oi okay yeah. i have a question though about the garage okay. so you're probably gonna detached if that's the question anyway. no i figured <laughs> but i'm wondering like they have all this now do they get like they're they're getting a warrant do they need one we so they don't out actually you know filmmaker rents it like what yeah so, Can they not just ask the owner and be like, yo, I think there's some weird shit going on there. Can we check it out? They don't even have to do that, to be honest. They actually just reach out to Mark Twitchell and he's like, yeah, come on in. So he oh. opens the garage door. There's a table and some like odds and ends in there. But under right. a plain old yellow normal lighting, midday garage open, it literally looks like nothing is wrong. There's pretty much just nothing in there. He clearly uses the space to do filming. So he just goes in there, uses it, and leaves. It's empty. That's it. Which also I found a little weird. I don't like it. I don't like it. But okay. Well, and like, why wouldn't you leave some of your props there? Wouldn't you think that would be part of the purpose of renting the space? Anyway, whatever. I'm not going to. Yeah. 
I'm not nitpicking. I'm not. I'm it's murdery and weird. Yeah. Um, at the time that all this investigation's happening and he's talking to police, he also did have two projects that were, like, looking for funding, like, two movies that were post-production. So he had actually already made okay. a bunch of footage for them and everything. So just so you're aware, like, he was kind of thinking he was becoming a big shot. He wasn't. Yeah. So police talked to him on site. He's super willing, super open about everything. So we're like, thanks. Have a great day. They get a search warrant, though. They want to know what's going on. And all of these things start to happen in the process. And you'll see. But I will. I'm just going to let you have the peace of mind that a search warrant is coming. While they're talking. I was like. Yeah, I know. I could feel you waiting for it. And the The reason why they are like get that search warrant all of a sudden is because they're discussing this and all of a sudden he goes yeah i know john and we're like uh, what how and he the goes, fuck sir well i know that guy yeah yeah i ran into him and he sold me his car no he didn't and the police are like come again so he says you have his car that, is basically what you're saying yeah he says he pretty much ran into him on the street and the guy sold him the car for really cheap because he now had the sugar mama and he was going away to costa rica Me. no he did not he totally did totally 100 percent oh, is like my fucking god <laughs> he's like oh this little hatchback this old thing <laughs> i'm done yeah i'm closing my laptop this is the i can't okay well and he <laughs> and even this guy is so ballsy like when he goes down to the police station to talk to the police he goes down there in like his own vehicle doesn't care doesn't think they're even into interested in him really like he does not put any thought into this. He's just like, he thinks he is smooth sailing at this point. He's just, whatever. I'm surprised he didn't drive John's car. I know, to right? The like, station. hey guys. The fucking arrogance of this idiot. Looking for a car? Oh my goodness. Totally. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> they're like, here's a search warrant, slap it down. They start going through yeah. his car and his home in the process. They find, lo and behold, the modified hockey mask, which I will post a photo of, or we will post a photo of. It's black and gold, and he's literally taken out just the chin part. Why you need just the chin gone? Like, is it the thing horror movies are made of, or is it pathetic? Because black and gold sounds kind of funny. Well, I I was picturing this like super old ratty cut like up, the like the white saw fucking massacre. Yeah. Yes, no, that's this is what like... I'm picturing. No, no. Oh no! Like Buddy probably right. had it from like when he played ball hockey a few years earlier with the guys. Spray painted it. Yeah. Fuck. So in the process of all this, they find his computer, which at first glance looks clean, no big deal. But they have the mask, so they're like, okay. Upon further digging in his electronic footprint, they find a document called SK Confessions that had been deleted. And when he's asked about it, he says that SK was for Stephen King, because that was his favorite author. And they're like, okay. Upon reading it, it starts pretty much stating, this is my descent into becoming a serial killer. Killer confessions, sir. Yeah. I hate this. They're... Throughout this, this he talks about how, and he does say that the names and items or information in there is changed, but when they take this confession slash diary and they match it up to the story that Gilles had told them, it is word for word 
what happened to him, how the attack played out, the couple outside, him rolling out from under the door. It's like he was actually writing down what he had done, not what he was going to do. So police were able to actually match it up detail for detail. So you're telling me the first one was his first attempt and he butchered it that terribly and then wrote it down in a book? Yeah. Oh my. But no keep in mind, this guy's like a movie guy. So it's probably like his manuscript, like his manifesto. Like he's just so. Anyway, this guy Dumb. is an egotistical prick. We'll get to it. He's just. Because yeah, again, these clearly. stories match wow. up point for point as he's reading through. It claims that there's a character in it, but John is actually Jim in the story. So it claims that okay. Jim decided to fight back and that. Oh, God. That he ended up having to attack him in self-defense, even though he admitted to luring both men there under false pretenses of not being himself. And just two weeks before all of this happened, him and a group of his friends had actually filmed in that garage a scene for a horror movie where men were lured by women on an online dating site to this kill garage, essentially, or kill room, it was called. So it's like he essentially acted this out and did the playwright of it, and then wanted to act it out for himself in real life. So it was like a dry run, so to speak. But yeah, he's so... Oh my goodness. Yeah. So he attacks him. He stabs him in the heart. He dismembers him, burns parts of his body, ends up ditching all the remains and pieces in of John in a sewer. He said that he... And this is like trigger warning for everyone in the manifesto because a lot of this wasn't even read to the jury because it's so vile. He said that he cut off his head and he played with it like a puppet and he even chuckled to himself at the total silliness of it all. Yeah. I I wish that ever... This is one of those moments where I wish I could just insert a clip of my face on your screen as you're like listening because what? Mm -hmm. A puppet? He played with the head like a puppet. And yeah, that's disgusting. 100%. And it's terrible. Um, It's disgusting. How, at what point did he decide to send the emails? I don't know, actually. I didn't. Did he? And I'll be honest, you can read. Did he have his computer? You can read the full SK Confessions online. I just didn't want to pay for it or Mm. risk the sketchy website that I found it on. Also, it's just like him being like some pompous, self-righteous book of excuses. It's not worth it to me. No, no, thank you. I don't actually know what you just asked me. I wasn't really listening. Oh, I was asking (laughs) the emails, like the Mark, obviously. Oh, like to the boss and his friends. friends. Yeah, emails saying that like he was this Jen girl, like how did he do that or when did he decide to do that i didn't was, read that far into the plan i didn't get that okay. far into it because i didn't want to pay for it or download it but right i would Got assume it. given that at that point in time most people had like a blackberry or something and the fact that john was fairly like high up in project management at this oil field equipment company he probably had the means to maybe be able to send that digital communication or right or just grab his phone or whatever like yeah it was 2008 exactly yeah. police end up going Yikes. back to the garage they like i said to the blind eye it looked like nothing when they sprayed it with luminol the there was two large areas on the floor that lit up like christmas tree i was just gonna say it lit up like, like a christmas, christmas tree but i knew that was coming and for anyone who's genuinely curious or maybe doesn't know this already Luminol is an agent that reacts with the iron inside hemoglobins to create a blue light effect under a black light, in case you're wondering. Yes. 
Because I thought that was so cool. And I love the idea of what Luminol is. I think it's the coolest thing. It is really cool. Yeah. And again, he even confirmed with the police too that the ruse was walk through the garage, out the back door, to the left, towards the house. But then he was going to attack these men once they were in the garage. They were never going to make it to the house because the house didn't even belong to him. And he had gone around recently and told all the neighbors not to worry about loud noises because he was filming a movie. And it was going to be very, very loud. And I think he even said it was a horror movie. So don't worry about the screaming. So don't worry about the horror movie that's actually not a movie and it's just the horror going on yes. next door. It's fine. Everything's fine. Right? The arrogance. I know. And it's crazy, too, because this guy has absolutely no record with police prior to this. Like, not on their radar. Not even, like, a blip. I couldn't even find a speeding ticket. It is It is crazy how he just decided he was going to be his movie, fucked up vision, whatever he decided. Yeah. Anyway, by this point, we've got enough to charge him. We've got all this evidence. We... Oh, yeah. He gets taken to court. He is sentenced... Or he is charged with first-degree murder for John. And then he is charged with attempted murder for Gilles at that point in time. Yeah. Obviously, he is found guilty on the first-degree murder charges. He is sentenced to 25 years. But throughout the court case, it is determined that, or he comes out stating that he is utterly and absolutely obsessed with Dexter. And for anyone who doesn't know who or what Dexter is, Dexter Morgan is a TV show based on a blood splatter analysis um, expert out of Miami who was kind of like a vigilante and killed bad guys on the side and got away with it, essentially. He tried to claim NCR. No. That's the weird thing. Oh, God. He literally just wants people to know that he is oobs obsessed with Dexter and believes that he is the real life version of him and wants to do the same thing, except he's luring these, like, wonderful, lovely men under completely false pretenses people have done anything wrong and also you're not dexter no the show dexter just as a little bit of fun notes to add it ran from 2006 to 2013 it is based off of a book called darkly dreaming of dexter and they actually just announced that in in 2020 announced that a 10 episode mini series starring the original actor michael c hall is coming out in late 2021 so for anyone who also liked Dexter, you can hop on that bandwagon and watch your 10-part miniseries. So he really just wanted everybody to know that he was Dexter. Because when you said that, I was like, uh, I said NCR. I don't know if, if nobody knows what that means. It's not, not criminal. criminally responsible. Yeah. People will claim not criminally responsible on the grounds of insanity, mental illness, things like that. So I thought that you were about to say that he tried to claim NCR on the grounds of being obsessed with Dexter. And I, I was about to lose it. But he did. Way, well, like. I will say he did mention mental health throughout it because he tried to show that, like, his confession was partially, like, a diary and a story and a fictional thing. And he also... But you actually did those things. Yeah, and all of his... They're no longer fiction. Well, and all of the mental health things that he was trying to bring up were self-diagnosed. Nothing was proven and no one would vouch for him. So it didn't matter anyway. And he hand-wrote his own letter of appeal. He was just like... Not to say, because lots of people have mental health issues that aren't diagnosed. Don't go into court and then just be like, okay, what can I get? Who's going to give me something? What do I got? Come on. People, people, people. Yeah. 
Totally. Wow. So... Okay, keep going. Yeah, so he hand wrote a letter to the Court of Appeals about his case because he felt that his whole jury and sentencing was terrible because of the media sensation around his case. And I'm not saying he's incorrect at the same time. Where it was, how far could you move that case? In Canada, you can only go so far and it still would be heard of. So I'm like, bro... Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and do you, who do you think is going to hear this case and be like, mm, no, I don't think he did it. Damn it. I Ooh. had this quote that I wanted to read to you, and I even had a note here saying it to look it up because I just saw it. Anyway, it's not the end of the world, but after about six years in prison, Mr. Twitchell decided that he was starting to look for love again, and he decided oh to God. join the inmate online dating program. And in his program, he hopes that women can look past what he's previously done because he is just, you know, a man looking for love. This was in 2017. He likes chess, tennis, and get this, clever storytelling. (laughs) Do you know what he also likes? Murder. He also And Dexter, I think. So, you know, and maybe Dexter and blood blood stain patterns. He also loves the I... rain, which I hear you, but I'm not killing anybody. And he loves the artists oh Sia, Jackie Ivanko, and Arcade Fire. Why is he allowed on the inmate dating site? Why? Why are you um, allowed on dating sites at all? That should have been a part of his sentencing. No dating sites for you. Well, and I was shocked no. to read, too, that, like, those dating profiles are pretty much unmanaged by anyone but the inmate themselves. I thought they were really heavily monitored, but no, not nearly as heavily as I thought based on the research on what he has access to. Like, I was kind of shocked. I just kind of quickly Googled his name. This was also... And I see that the... Years ago. The Crown sought publication bans and sealing orders over all the police evidence to prevent the media... Yeah, it didn't from stick. reporting. It didn't stick. No. And remember, his appeal was turned down. That was just his reasoning yeah. for it. And I'm not saying it was true. I was just saying that I could understand why he felt that yeah. way. But at the same time, right. he it was found that he got a fair trial. I hate that. That he's allowed to online date so much. Well, Like, your whole thing was online dating. And yeah. You're so allowed to. Fuck you. It's like go- so literally sweet. going back to the scene of the crime. Yeah. What? You might as well put him back in the garage. Like... It's not comparable, but it's like giving like people that commit sex crimes like porn. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, that's kind of how it feels to me. Like you used this as your way to yeah. lure people in and kill them, and then you're just like allowed to use it again. Like obviously you can't get out and hurt anybody. Like you're lo- you're in jail, but I just feel like it's a privilege you should not have i don't know when there should be strict conditions it's not a law obviously 100%. but i just think yeah screw you you should not get that opportunity well i was wow. kind of alarmed too when i actually was looking up dexter there was a specific tab for associated crimes and i knew this case was going to be under it but i was curious so i clicked on it and i didn't even write down them all but i thought i'd give you a few other examples because i might look into them more there was a 17-year-old yeah. <clears throat> who strangled his 10-year-old brother. His name was Andrew Conley, and he did it because of Dexter, apparently. 
And then Christopher Scott Williams was compared to him in the style and what he did. And then on November Mm -hmm. 4th, 2010, a 21-year-old Sweden woman was known as the Dexter of Sweden. And there was like two or three others. And I was like, I can't. I just can't look up any more to do with this show. Did you ever watch Dexter? Was that like a show that you were into? No, me neither. Which I don't kind of surprises me, but not really Mm because I've never been super into... I mean, outside of Bones, I, I don't really like that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, like I love not... me some CSI because that's nostalgia from when I was a kid. But other than that, I don't really want to watch like a procedural show or an episodical show about something with actors. Like, it's just not really my thing. No, I'm way more into actually like the like non-fiction, docu-series. true crime, docuseries, things like that. It's the same for reading books. I'm really not a fictional book reader. No. If I do read, it's always it's always nonfiction. But I never got into Dexter at all. I knew a lot of people were into it, but oh, I not totally my thing. have a good book recommendation. If we're talking about books, just for anyone else yeah. out there, anyone who knows me knows I am not a reader. It's very rare that I will ever finish a book. I'm a little bit squirrely that way and I'm now looking for the book anyway it's by Dr. Judy Melnick and it's called Working Stiff I think anyway and she is a pathologist or coroner and it's all about her job the ins and outs of it she talks a lot about what it's like being a coroner during 9-11 in New York and that experience yeah it's just it's so amazing and you learn about the whole start to finish procedure and it's done in a very respectful lighthearted, funny way though and it's like I highly recommend it again it's Judy Melnick and her husband is the writer of the book and his name is TJ Mitchell they're I don't even know them but they're lovely I don't even care they're wonderful go read the book it's so good Katie's like they're really awesome (laughs) I read one book BFF for life hey I have their second book sitting right here but it's holding up my computer monitor right now I love that I am reading a finance book right now yeah I heard when you told me about a stock so I was like who are you oh I'm really into all that right now since the beginning of the year I guess I got into like buying I buy like individual stocks but then I also just invest in like the Dow and stuff like that but I have fun just buying like individual stocks it's I don't invest like I don't understand any of that something it's more like for fun well I could teach you one day I would like like stocks for dummies one day there's actually, I don't know if they have stocks for dummies episode, but I found a podcast recently <laughs> called the Personal Finance Podcast, and I listened to one or two of their episodes, and I found it really easy to follow in terms of cool. This year's the year of my bank account, everyone. Woo. Not like I'm like, oh, I'm going to be rich at the end of the year, more just like being really strategic with how I manage it, how many accounts I, I have, what money goes in what accounts. in my money. Yeah, exactly. Confidence in controlling it and knowing how to control it and like doing every single thing with every dollar with a purpose. And I'm really trying to do that. So I'm reading a lot. Love it. Self plugs. I'm just plugging my own self all night. Plug away, girl. Plug away. Well, this was really crazy. Thank you for. I also feel like um, I'm getting back on track with my own life in terms of just like managing my time nothing major so I think this week I was actually able to dedicate the time needed to research which felt good it gave me more like it made me more excited to tell you the story and it was more fun telling it so I'm hoping to keep up the trend of managing my time better 
for you guys. I'll call you soon. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. How do I stop this shit? I'll stop it. Fuck <laughs> me.